Hmm. Let me see. It's one for the money, two for the show, three to get... No, I've lost count. I'll have to start again. One for the show. No, it's get ready by three. No, something about throwing up on my shoes. Look, just start without me. I'll catch up later. Our mics are live. Good evening, everyone from Studio 5. I've been meaning to ask, what happened to the first four? Well, I've heard rumours. The first one, didn't that get blown up during the original mug run? Then there was the time that the Don let one of his dinosaurs out. Don't forget the duck. I think it's still locked in Studio 3. And Studio 4. It was way too close to Cubicle 3. I've got no idea how the numbering works, but every time anyone went for a two, three went wrong and flooded four. So, Studio 5 it is. All the way up at the end of one of the towers, well away from ducks, cubicles, interruptions, internet connections, any kind of ping times that are great, and of course, other people. So, let's get on with the headlines. What's that coming over the hill? Is it a monster? The most progressive rock since the one that did for the dinosaurs. Montgomery Python makes time for something completely different. We have a report on last week's Slaughter Bowl 3306, episode 2. I've got a 12-inch baton, but I don't use it as a rule. I'm marshalling the troops. And I'm telling everyone what the community has been up to. There is nothing that a pilot loves more out there in the galaxy than a good mystery. And the Pilots Federation mystery machine has been working overtime. Not content with the hints about the reveal that hinted about more reveals with feet to come later, the PF's art department have been scrawling mysterious graffiti all over Galtwit and Galbook this week. In what can only be described as the car work usually reserved for courtroom cases where cameras aren't allowed but comedy cartoonists are, the PF have been keeping us up to date with images from what appears to be the inside of a laboratory. The Hutton safety officer nearly had a seizure when she saw the rampant malpractice going on in this lab. Emergency exit signs wide to extractor fans, planks of wood gaffer taped to pipes, cracked biocontainment units and absolutely no one was wearing a hazmat suit. Tiny dinosaurs roamed across desks and horror of horrors, there was even an innocent, defenceless mug perched on the edge of a desk, exposed to all sundry of danger. Luckily, it wasn't a Hutton mug or we would have had words. Is it a leak from an Aegis lab 
investigating alien life forms, or maybe Dr. Arkanon's secret lab about the recently retired Gnosis. Our insider sources tell us that it's potentially more worrying than that. It appears that the dastardly Don has been up to his old tricks again in his secret home system. Not content with the killer life forms of Jurassic World, the torture chamber that is Planet Coaster, and his private menagerie on Planet Zoo, he's um, not very imaginative with his stellar body names, there are rumours that he and his evil scientist buddies have DNA grafted a new form of life. And it's escaped. We've obtained video footage of this horrific-looking creature struggling to escape from the lab, throwing switches seemingly at random. Many failed experiments lie around the lab, but the things we've seen Experiment 19 do fill us with dread. It appears that this creature has been fitted with bio-implants that connect it directly to multi-crew systems, giving pilots a horrible surprise when they accept a request for a little bit of PWP. Will the dastardly Don ever stop with his evil machinations? Will anyone from health and safety ever visit one of his labs? Has he left the electric fence off again? We don't know. But we'll be watching from afar as commanders take this challenge on. We'd also like to remind everyone that whilst the creature mentioned here looks like a Galforum poster, they are in fact an entirely different species, as this one doesn't appear to live on an exclusive diet of salt. This one's called Troy, and he loves a good puzzle. It's been a steep learning curve for one of our commanders this week. Not since Jen Barber was presented with the internet in a small case with a light on top has anyone had their hands on a box with so little idea of how to fill it. Commander Draxor has been asked by Simuth the head tech monkey to become a galactic DJ and to stuff a magic box with as much music, chat and downright silliness as befits a show that's been tentatively, tentatively entitled Draxor's Happy Hours. Draxor got the gig see, we're down with the youth, because she professed a familiarity with cans, anything bootleg, and declared that she was no stranger to a mixer, even though they interfered with the taste. Draxor, or DJ Crab Scratcher, as she now wants to be known, has been on a crash course to learn the correct lingo. But Happy Hardcore was a great disappointment, and it didn't help that she'd envisaged EQ being a line to get some nice pills at a party, that a mashup contained zero potatoes, and that a hamster switch... Well, let's just say she's got an awful lot of unused kibble. However, she reckons she's managed to complete her musical education and can be considered to be an expert. Miss Scratcher tells us that she can now instantly distinguish between house, garage and doorstep. We look forward to hearing news of DJ Crab Scratcher's first underground rave, presumably in an asteroid station. Following last week's news that Commander Montgomery Python had advertently caused a simultaneous blockage at Pad 3 and Cubicle 3, whilst siphoning his Python and clearing his own personal obstruction, word has reached us that the embarrassed trucker has embarked upon a series of selfless deeds to try and earn forgiveness from Commander Deadmeat GF, whose no doubt record-breaking Hutton run was interrupted by the commander who was definitely AFK 
or a way for crap. Yes, we know it shouldn't start with a K, but perhaps he meant crab meat. Go look it up. His first step to redemption has begun with a delivery run. The fleet carrier Sackcloth and Ashes, painted a suitable blush red, is on its way to Colonia to deliver Tritium. Yes, a fleet carrier is going all the way to visit King Hanky, just to top up his tank, using 8,000 tons during the journey to give up the multi-cloned, multi-elite kingpin of Colonia just 4,000 tons. It's with such acts of selfless stupidity that Mr. Python hopes that he can divert attention from his solosiasm on pad three. We think he's releasing bio-waste in the solar wind, unless he can follow this up by delivering a unicorn to every station or collecting the deposit owed for each of Cecil's empties galaxy-wide and donating the money to special effect. Here is a report, direct from Slaughter Bowl 3306 headquarters, penned by Commander VIP Flash, and I read. On Sunday 23rd of August 3306, the Episode 2 Mad Scientist Mayhem of SRV Slaughter Bowl took place, this time in Stack, a former INRA base in HIP 12099 a place where serious tests of chemical and biological weapons on Thargoids were carried out. A dark history, one could say. This time, the facility served another purpose, nonetheless one as destructive and deadly as the one before. A perfect venue for the one and only SRV Slaughter Bowl. Contrary to the first episode, this time the event occurred under perfect light conditions, also known as Day. Ideal for fans and filming. After waiting for more participants, the first PC match started a few minutes later than scheduled. But those who waited for combat moments got their satisfaction in spades. Even with only three participants, this match took as long as the previous match fought in a crater. Here, this rugged terrain allowed for various covers and hidings. Probably the best utilisation of this fact came from Commander VIP Flash, who positioned his SRV on the roof of former barracks or hangar building close to the centre of the site. From there, he could control almost half the battlefield with a much lower chance to be targeted. So when Commanders ILA Yuan and CBT Sushi left their covers, Commander VIP Flash was there to greet them with salvos from his dual repeater from high above. Probably knowing their chances are lowered against such an enemy, Commanders ILA Yuan and CPD Sushi preferred to engage in fighting each other. That was a moment Commander VIP Flash utilised to his maximum profit. All he had to do was target one of those battling SRVs underneath him and just seconds after, only two participants remained in the game. Commander ILA's Yuan's battle, though he fought bravely, ended there quite swiftly. As CPT Sushi cleverly moved away from his sight, even VIP Flash had to come to ground and fight now a fair fight with him. Both SRVs had almost full hull at that time, with only a 5% difference in favour for VIP Flash, with his 99% remaining. State of shields, of course, in hands and skill of the drivers. Their first encounter on the ground may have decided the match. With 303 pip setting, VIP Flash managed to shoot through Sushi's shields. If you knew Shushi, by the time he himself had 51% remaining, they both parted shieldless 
but now with holes at 12 versus 79%. What a difference! And with a pause just to take one deep breath, we jump right into the shield rebuild time game. As VIP Flash pulled himself together after this ground brawl, he checked the levels and saw the obvious. Both SRVs were shieldless and he had more than 60% hull advantage. The time to charge and finish the enemy was now or never. He throttled towards CPT Sushi in a hurry to get to him before his shields rebuilt and wiped this advantage off the face of this planet. Wild Ride, sharp turn ahead, and he missed the turn and bumped into a large canister with chemical agents three meters before the turn. No, no way, no, that was not a missed turn, he says. He just realized at the last moment possible that he wouldn't make it in time. Sushi's shields were up. Cards turned and he charged at VIP Flash with the same vigor we saw a few seconds earlier on the other side. But this time there was no stopping, no missed turns, just the pure animal hunt for blood or oil in this particular situation. Lock on target, fire, fire, fire. But what is that? What is happening? Why is VIP Flash not dead by now? Everyone is gasping, looking around in disbelief. Finally, an SRV explodes and there's only one left standing in front of the speechless crowd. It is VIP Flash. Still shieldless, but with 78% of hull. That's only 1% lower than before this final battle started. Impossible, outrageous. Was he cheating? Was an illegal target lockbreaker involved? Did CPT Sushi press the wrong button and reload his SRV with blanks? So many questions, such a big confusion. It took a solid five quiet seconds before the crowd around the place burst into wild cheers and started to celebrate the winner of the second episode of SRV Slaughter Bowl 3306, Commander VIP Flash. What a battle, what a battle. But still, questions remain. Now, we'd like to calm down all the listeners now. Upon close aftermatch slow-mo video inspection, it was discovered that exactly at the same time as the first shots from CPT Sushi landed on VIP Flash's hull, his shield jumped in and ate all the fury that, that CPT Sushi unleashed on him. Turns out it was a truly fair victory. And history is written by the victors. And if there were anything to be learnt or remembered from this encounter, it would be that one must never forget that shield rebuild time game is not a B, B asterisk ch, like some inexperienced commanders. So until next time, commanders, fly safe. 07. Thank you, Commander VIP Flash, and we look forward to the next report from Slaughter Bowl 3306. The people who usually just hum along with our tune for the mug at the end of the show have created a veritable storm in a gin glass this week as plans emerge for an instrumental version of the tune to be played at last night of the mug, purely in an attempt to stop the tuneless mumbling that emerges once people get to the second verse. If we can't sing, the Prophet Rajin never really mattered at all, then this galaxy has gone to the dogs, shouted one red-faced xenophobic clown as his oversized shoes flapped down the corridors. One faction leader said, They don't want me to tell you this, but I think it's time we stopped being embarrassed about where our mugs came from, what we had to do to make them, and stop being so utterly damp about it. 
we would like to reassure our listeners that For the Mug will be broadcast in its entirety, all 23 verses, and that despite many, many requests, the full version of Interstellar Initiatives will also be played, and indeed makes up most of the output for the 24-hour sing-along-a-thon that is traditional at the last night of the mug. Well, it seems that all the systems I mentioned last week that had issues were sorted out, and in pretty impressive times as well. However, the ones that weren't mentioned, well, let's just say that we have nine systems that are too high, with seven of those over the red 60% line, and another nine that are too low, with three of those below the red 40% line, and one on the brink of conflict. That's LP532-81, in case you're interested. If, as it appears, mentioning the system is all it takes to keep things as they should be, then here goes. Alpha Centauri, Avic, Barnard Star, Epsilon Eridani, Epsilon Indy, George's Pants, Haghole, Hill Parsi, Kokery, LHS340, do not go to LHS340. LP245-10, LP525-39, LP532-81, Lloydson145-141, Pissflaps, Ross671, Stein2051, Trepin, Van Marnen Star, Wise0855-0714, Wolf124, Wolf1481, Wolf25, Wolf359. Listen to the custodians, fix whatever shit is in your system of choice, and get each one as close to 50% as you can. Over to... Oh, sorry, Colonia. Yeah, look after that too. Over to Norma. Hello everyone, it's Norma here, casting my eye over what's happening out there in the galaxy that you may not have spotted. Commander Shoreside Customs is once again hosting a Hutton and Guardians event, starting on Saturday at 21 BST until 2300 on Sunday, August the 30th. During the weekend there will be a trip out to a Guardian site to collect module blueprints and Guardian materials. If there's enough time, a visit to a weapon blueprint site may be included as well. It will be a guided tour, so don't worry if you don't haven't done any Guardian stuff before. If you'd like to come along, you will need a small ship, DBX is great for this, with point defence and at least one SRV. It's open to all platforms, but if you are not a hotboxer, it's worth trying to get together with other commanders to coordinate. There's an event on our Facebook page where you can get updates. We have seen the Turning the Wheel initiative has expanded into LTT 5455, their plan air system, one that makes a good place to continue from towards Sol. They have expansion cooldown before they can get going again in HR 4979 in the direction of Lave. And that's it from the community for this week.
And we're back. Oh, goodness gracious me. Well, we're on the emergency transmitter this week, which means um, we, we, were, we were supposed to have a Norm, but then apparently it rained over in, in Scottingland, <clears throat> where he's parked, which is only a couple of light years away from Hutton Orbital, and, and everything flooded, and that didn't work. And then, of course, my, uh, my broadcast is uh, still suffering the I'm out in Colonia lag of at least five seconds between me talking and anybody else actually hearing it. Isn't that right? Three. If you got faster go. pigeons, you'd be all right. Yeah, I mean, it'll be quicker doing semaphore signals, I think, and then relaying it via fleet carrier back to you guys. But So we apologise to the listener if there are some awful gaps and talking over each other while we, while we get through the banter. Um, I think I'm going to have to sort of signpost you're about to be talking to people and then <clears throat> count them down to going in again. We will get this resolved. We, we've had the, the, uh, the technicians hammering away at things for uh, seven days now, but uh, no luck yet. Doesn't stop the show, though. And, of course, it all comes out in the edit because uh, DJ Funky Norm um, does do the edit for us. So the um, the YouTube... Oh, the YouTube. Commander Wotherspoon persuaded us that we ought to be on the YouTube. So we've been uploading... Well, the last two weeks have been uploaded to YouTube, and uh, if you missed this show and you're listening to it on YouTube, a bit like listening to it on Dave, hello. You missed all of it, but you're catching up now. Um, other than that, yes, we, we upload it to the media.forthemug.com and also to the radio station, though we don't know what the status of that is because the tech monkey is in the middle of rewriting it. Um, and you can, yeah, you can get it all sorts of places. I think you can probably get it on a, on a podcast download as well if you subscribe to it. Basically, just search for Hutton Orbital Radio everywhere. You'll find us somewhere. But then again, you don't need to know that if you're listening because you've already found us. Totally redundant. Anyway, I'm going to banter on for a minute while I just work out what's going on. But we've got we've got a birthday to celebrate this week. There are probably more than one birthday, but one notable birthday. I'm going to hand over to Flossie to wish our birthday boy a happy birthday with an umbrella in it. Flossie, whose birthday is it? It's Spike's. Spike? Happy birthday, Spike. Which Happy spike, birthday. Which Spike would that be? That's not Hot Pit Spike, is it? It is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's to so. blame for me being here. A spike of the, That's I can do one. a great big reverse key into a passing the bastard. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no, we've lost the ticker tape. We had the ticker tape right up to that point there. And now the ticker tape's failed. Do you know what? The, the apology officers managed to do much better. Using, you're using the bandwidth by talking. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. But the, the apology officer's done a great job with keeping the headlines up to date. Unfortunately, it looks like... Oh, no, it says news. No, no, it's failed again. News, no. No, it's gone. I think we've broken the ticker tape. Um, so, yes, happy birthday to Spike. And then his nibs, Alvin, has gone on a special journey today. He has. He's gone out and about, and he is actually with his... Handler Snoz, his acolyte, is actually staying with the one and only Commander Hober Mallow. And we don't talk about his shit, especially the hot shit, because that doesn't exist. We understand he's started up his own farm over at his house involving dogs, cats, chickens, cows, horses, hamsters, children, a wife, all sorts, in, in some kind of giant... Zoom into the house. Anyway, the lag is the lag is proving difficult, um, <clears throat> terribly difficult. I think what what we're going to have to do is train it's, the team. It's tricky to chat <laughs> to anticipate when I'm going to end my sentence. No, that didn't work. There's no way that we know when you're even going to be drawing breath. There's no way <laughs> you could go for two hours without breathing. You have, in to, you. You have to work out to where be my fair, It's not so much when you end the sentence. It's it's more <laughs> what crazy gibberish has come out in between you starting it and us catching up with it. 
Oh dear, I, we're going to get this sorted sooner or later, but we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Obviously, um, we've got a full show coming up. We've got the Encyclopedia Galactica. We have the Galnet Food Digest. We have the Sky tonight. We have the Sports Report from Flossie, and we have the Green Room. So there's not much point bantering too long because I can see we've actually got some people in the Green Room. Now, when it comes to the green room, obviously there's absolutely Excellent. no point me talking to anyone at all. <laughs> because was that a cheer? Light again outside. They, they will hear that five lately. seconds later, and then I'll hear cheer from the green room. There, <laughs> then I'll hear them five seconds later. It could be and funny. Then, and and then everybody's going to nod off and start snoring. I don't, I don't, we haven't seen the banter bus this week. Where is the banter bus? It's missing. Has anyone seen the banter bus? If you've seen the banter bus, then please do get in touch. Anyway, um, right, I, I suppose what we've got now, I've, we had emergency programming of the buttons. So I think I've got the emergency buttons programmed in, just about. So um, I'm going to hand over to my co-presenters and then we're going to push a series of buttons in order and hope that it doesn't matter that we've got enormous lag. So take it away, Luke. Crossed. We've got a lovely song coming up here. I think it's come from some kind of galactic satnav. It's the way to Hutton. Then we'll be basking in the magnificence of the words spilling from the, lip, from the lips of our chief digester, Commander Wotherspoon himself. <laughs> His bounties in his worn out shear. In his eyes, you see no pride. Ramlock hangs loose by his side. Galnet's pages telling yesterday's news. So, how can you tell me you're lonely and say for you that the sun don't shine? Let me take you by the hand and fly you all the way to Hutton. By the time that we get there, I think you'll change your mind. Have you seen the old deer who flew the route to Beagle Point? Gold in her hold and her hull strength low. She's no time for dying She just keeps right on flying Carry her home In a worn-out type nine So how can you tell me You're lonely And say for you that the sun don't shine Let me take you by the hand and Fly you all the way to Hutton By the time that we get there I think you'll change your mind In the all-night bar At a quarter past eleven Same old man is sitting there on his own Looking at the world Over the rim Of his gin mug Each drink lasts an hour 
Then he frame shifts home alone So how can you tell me you're lonely And say for you that the sun don't shine Let me take you by the hand and fly you all the way to Hutton I'll show you something to make you change your mind And have you seen the old man outside the pilot's mission Memory fading with the medals that he wears In a distant city his ship cries a little pity For one more forgotten hero And a game that doesn't care So how can you tell me you're lonely And say for you that the sun don't shine Let me take you by the hand And fly you all the way to Hutton By the time that we get there I think you'll change your mind. Encyclopedia Galactica presents The Corporations, an investigation into the huge companies that make the galaxy what it is today. This week, Achilles. <laughs> Based Achilles Corporation was founded in 2791, during those troubled times when Alioth was divided between the Empire and Federation. With a research facility at Nesbit Landing, Achilles sold computer and automation systems to both of the great powers equally. It grew quickly, both by developing cheaper and faster production techniques and by ruthlessly taking every opportunity to expand, swallowing up numerous other companies in the same field, most notably Trojan Systems, which arguably made better robotic systems but was less adept at marketing, and which fell foul over a legal dispute with the smaller Achilles. The entire engineering staff of Trojan formed the core of Achilles' expanded research and development operations. In the 32nd century, the Empire learned that the Achilles Corporation had developed a far more efficient process for manufacturing robotics. The Empire believed that it needed the secrets of the so-called Quinker process to give it an edge over the Federation. However, sending an entire battle fleet to conduct the necessary industrial espionage turned out to be a bad idea. Following a standoff with an equally impressive Federal fleet, all the Empire succeeded in doing was fanning the resentment of Alioth residents, sowing the seeds that would ultimately result in the founding of the Alliance. It also gave the Achilles Corporation the ability to operate out with the laws of both Federation and Empire. Already known as a ruthless business entity, rumours began to grow that the Corporation was creating its own private army. It turned out that this army was composed mainly of semi-autonomous combat robots. 
It is perhaps an exaggeration to say that independent systems would kill Achilles' sales representatives on site, but the company was far more powerful and far more wealthy than most small confederacies. Achilles still manufactures computers, although it now sees itself in third place in the market after Sirius and Herculean, following the meteoric rise of the Dura Drive. The vast majority of Achilles' wealth comes from its robotics division, and it manufactures a wider range of robotic devices than any other manufacturer. It makes drudge robots, including cleaning robots, which can be small disc-shaped devices that clean the floor, or drone-like flying machines for dusting shelves and sweeping away cobwebs. Webs. It constructs vending robots in many shapes and sizes, some like cabinets with a selection of hot and cold snacks, some that consist of a network of extending poles behind the bar of many busy night spots that can serve drinks, like giant metallic spiders. It manufactures defence systems for planetary bases, most notably the Stinger II hover droid or Skimmer, a smaller, more nimble device than any of Core Dynamics offerings in the field, but which lacks lasers or projectile weapons. The Skimmer II consists of a bomb and a motor and it will self-destruct against any threats identified within its patrol zone. Achilles Robotics creates administrative robots, humanoid devices that can serve as butlers, personal assistants and maids, and which can remember to pay the milkman and can see unwanted guests to the door. It produces combat androids, which have an even more finely tuned, nearly but not quite, ability to think independently. Artificial intelligence is illegal in both Empire and Federation, and with full verification enabled, these combat droids fall just within the letter of the law. However, they are far more effective if the verification level is unofficially dropped, allowing the robots to think for themselves. With impressive armour and the ability to fire heavy weaponry with speed and precision, there's little that can rival these androids in ground combat. Finally, Achilles Aerospace is the manufacturer of the only legally available range of frameshift drive interdictors. These devices are hugely controversial, used by the authorities to conduct stop-and-search activities and also used by pirates and murderers to prey on traders going about their lawful business. It is not illegal to have a frameshift drive interdictor fitted, but it is illegal to use one in many systems. Achilles Robotics suffered huge reputational damage in 3304 when it was discovered that many of its PA912 administrative robots in and around the Sol system had been fitted with remote surveillance devices and were spying on their owners. Detective Inspector Ramesh Thorne of the Federal Bureau of Investigation eventually discovered that the devices were added during the production process by one of Achilles' employees who was being blackmailed by billionaire media magnate Kingsley Cordova, the owner of the Mars Tribune. Thousands of the PA-912 robots were destroyed by their owners and eventually had to be replaced by a new generation of guaranteed discreet androids at Achilles' expense. As the head of public relations for the extrajudicial corporate behemoth and military power, manufacturer of killing machines and infiltrator of private spaces, that is Achilles explained, you can always trust Achilles.
you, Commander Wotherspoon. I may have actually learned something tonight, so please make sure you don't do that again. We've got another Sketchmar archives now. Then it's bang up to date with Flossie and this week's sports report. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> Good evening everyone and welcome to this week's Sports Report, sponsored by the Hutton Helper. Helping you help us help you to earn a Hutton decal by topping the table in your chosen feat of athleticism. Tonight we've got the latest scores from the one-legged lightyear jumping race, the Hutton Trucking Trucking Trophy, the No Holes Barred Bond and Bounty Ninjoff, Double-decker chariot racing courtesy of Baby Beluga Tours. In the one-legged Lightyear race, there has been some tight competition this week between Light 027 and Hojo the Fool. Astro Snufkin took a comfortable bronze and a happy dance on the lowest step with 39,000, but Hojo and Light were light years ahead, clocking up an impressive 108,000 light years between them. Proof that having long legs helps as Light achieved this by only visiting 492 systems, whereas Hojo hopped through five more. Despite this, and after a photo finish, Light took gold with 56.8 thousand light years in one week, 7,000 more than his nearest rival. In the trucking trophy, Commander Tarrant is up before the clock of the course, though despite so many units bought, only two-thirds of them were actually delivered to their destination, opening accusations of space littering. Commander Mindwipe only lost 700 tonnes through the week. Despite this, Commander Tarrant takes this week's green jersey with an impressive load, 9,000 tonnes more than his rival. In the battle royal that is anything goes bounty bash, Alex Zuno knocked off all opponents into the middle of next week and lifted the belt with an impressive 259 million credit prize fund. The attic attacked failed to land a punch in second place but walked away with a participation award of 65 million. In the more regulated WSC Warfighting Championship things were a little closer though the bouts didn't go to the full 12 rounds and the final was stopped in the second when the combatants started hitting each other with scenery and it descended into chaos. Nevertheless the bong belt this week was given to the Poltergeist. And finally, the Baby Beluga Tour. Running was firm to medium, all entrants completed the course and Joshua Mesa took the chequered flag with a load of 869 passengers. Congratulations everyone. In summary, the final scores were Hojo the Fool, 51,000, Light 27, 56,000. <laughs> 
Terence, 33,000. Ryan's wife, 24,000. Alex Zuna won. Everyone else didn't. Poltergeist, 21 million. Legionard, 917th, 15 million. Urena Shida, 697. Joshua Mesa, 869. That concludes this week's obscure sports report from Hutton. Would all winners please contact the paint shop for their own stencil and paint pot? Thank you, Flossie. Thank you, Flossie. It's like Saturday afternoon round the teleprinter all over again. Next, we've got Amelia Hawke telling us the unsavoury details about the savouries she's been consuming this week. But first, we've just got time to squeeze in an advertisement from an old friend. He may not be regaling us with Hutton's top trucker every week, but he's still around. Like one of those cold sores that never seem to clear up. It's me again, Buck Naked. Here at Lake On Spaceways, we're getting communications from you youngins asking if we sell anything other than trucks. Well, old Buck knows that you youngsters like having something to take out and polish on the weekend. Hell, even Mr. Naked's ass saw more action than a swamp full of horny toads when he was young. Don't say we don't listen here. I got two things that you kids would love to have a go on. Is the Diamondback Scout and our new SUV, the Explorer. If you're one of them metrosexual types enjoying an Orbis ring, then the Scout is just the ship for you. Whether you're smuggling budgies into Long Beach Station or taking a lady friend out to an asteroid belt for some summer loving, trust me, buy yourself a Diamondback Scout. And for you city types, who want to start trucking your load into every port in the Milky Way, trust Lake On Spaceways to keep you going hard on through the night with a Diamondback Explorer. Hell, they even gave it a beautiful name. Only from Lake On Spaceways. Welcome to the Galnet Food Digest. I'm Amelia Hawke, and I'm testing the galaxy's most rare and dangerous foods, so you don't have to. This week, we've headed to Gordon Terminal in the Teolsi system. Four and a half billion people, one Earth-like world, and in orbit, a production facility like no other in the galaxy. It's here that they developed and patented the Waste to Paste brand with only the single world, one-fifth the math, mass of Earth itself, only half the diameter, and even taking into account the population aboard the stations in the system, four billion is a lot of people to squeeze onto the surface area, only one-third that of Earth, that many people generate a lot of waste. The local government has been battling the waste problem for centuries, moving from plastics to biodegradable products. Even with this, 
the bio-waste byproduct of that many people left them knee-deep in the stuff. Rivers of effluent and recycled biological material heading to treatment plants con continuously. That is, until an enterprising retired federal major developed the waste to paste. Quite literally taking the things that you throw out, or flush, and reconstituting the biological material into paste. The implications of his design were to turn the entire planet into a closed loop, recycling over 90% of the byproducts into safe, edible, and nutritious foods. For over half a century, the planet kept this innovation to itself, exporting paste for use by long-range explorers, the military, and to help prevent starvation. An entire culinary industry grew around the waste-to-paste process, turning authors of cookery books such as Fifty Shades of Brown into billionaires and elevating the smoosh of glop that manticore-starred chefs seem to put under everything into an art form. In more recent years, the patent has been licensed to food production facilities throughout the known universe, and everything from remote outposts to ships' food production systems are able to use the process to keep you going long after the cheese and crackers have been scoffed. Of course, the Major's secret recipe has never left the planet giving Tulsi paste a nutty flavour all of its own. Elsewhere in the galaxy, going to squeeze one out is a euphemism for visiting the little pilot's room for a few minutes, followed by a judicious squirt of the air freshener. On Tulsi, it means that you're preparing an evening meal. With the waste-to-paste machines coming installed with a wide range of flavours and textures varying from firm like a sausage down to runny as French onion soup, you're able to select flavours that evoke being back at home on the farm. Aunt Petunia's molecular gastronomy. Or your student kitchen. The system now imports bio-waste from across the galaxy for processing, and any excess is used in fertiliser production for ex or export to farms. With the process licensed across known space, original waste-to-paste machines, kept in families for generations and sporting the magic major flavour button, are highly sought after. It's one of these originals that I have here. I've plumbed it into the shipboard systems, left it for an hour or so, and I'm ready. First on the agenda, the hot log, a brioche bun with a paste sausage. I recommend that you close your eyes when activating the machine. The process by which the paste is, uh, for lack of a better word, excreted from it is frankly enough to turn your stomach. Closing my eyes tightly and holding my soft bun under the nozzle, I pull the lever, and after some disconcerting flatulent noises, it's filled with a warm sausage. Resisting the urge to redecorate the room green, the first bite is a surprise. If you've ever eaten one of those late-night mystery meat kebabs or a, a cinema hot dog, the experience isn't dissimilar. It has flavour, unidentifiably meaty, nutty flavour, which isn't entirely unpleasant. I try out the various other modes, from a thick soup to nuggets, and it delivers every time. I'd say that these original machines, resplendent in their chrome and flashing LED lights with a, a long lever arm, wouldn't look out of place in a casino. So, it's clever, revoltingly clever. It's environmentally sound, and the original machines are rare. At only 15,000 credits, uh, 1,500 credits each, they're a bargain for many commanders. 
but the danger... Well, the packaging comes with dire warnings. There are stories of pressure buildups in the pipework if you don't flush regularly, leading to explosive methane accumulation. If not used regularly, these machines can deliver superheated waste-based paste that makes napalm look like silly putty in the safety terms. Then there's the cycle life. First pressings from fresh bio-waste, you're as safe as houses. By the fourth or fifth cycle of eat, excrete, repeat, the paste starts losing its nutritional value. And after a month, the paste might be filling, but you're going to need dietary supplements for the essentials. Oh, and then there's the effect on your breath. If you're practicing social distancing during an outbreak, it's strong enough to keep everyone two meters away and hospitalize anyone closer than one meter. So, their modern marketing slogan, we know shit, accurate. The machines are a fun party trick, perfect for students, stag do's, and emergency late night mystery snacks. So my machine is running empty, so I'm off to go and top it up. Next week, something entirely more pleasant as we head to the Andrade's legacy in the aerial system to try some apples. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Food Digest. We try the galaxy's most stomach-churning foods so that you can avoid them. We peaked when it was pushing one out and now we're feeling green. to Amelia, and I'm sure that as soon as she gets out of cubicle three, she'll be ready for more dangerous digestion. And now, the second educational slot of the week. It's the sky tonight. Good evening and welcome once again to the sky tonight. I'm Sir Vinny T, and as ever, I'm here to guide you through the skies around Hutton, as well as the sun, sights and sounds of the galaxy we call. As always, I have with me to help educate, entertain and eradicate our correspondent from Oopnor, the supremely down to Hutton, the northern ninja himself, Norman Ski. Hello everyone. This week we'll be talking about nebula. What are they? How do they come about? And now the echo we're going to talk about something as nebulous as nebulae. Listen on and maybe we'll find out. Then again, maybe we won't. Not read script yet. So... What does it all mean? Uh, I told you before, he's supposed to say that. Aye, what does it all mean? What does it mean indeed? Nebulae, or a nebula, is the Latin, the oldy language before the oldy English, for cloud or fog. Nebulae are interstellar clouds of dust, hydrogen, helium and other ionised gases. In less enlightened times, the term was used to describe any diffuse astronomical object, including star clusters and galaxies beyond our own galaxy, the Milky Way. Other chocolate bars are available. I must say I'm rather partial to barley sugars myself, thanks to my ancient Yorkshire ancestors. Most nebulae are of vast size. Some are hundreds of light years in diameter. Despite their size, a nebula that is visible to the naked eye from an orbital would appear larger but no brighter from close by. Although denser than the space surrounding them, 
Most nebulae are far less dense than any vacuum created by man. <laughs> With the possible exception of the schools of certain members at Radio Crew. Now, now, there's no need to be rude about them. They have a purpose. I'm sure of it. Anyhow, a nebula cloud the size of Aldean or Eden, for example, would have a total mass of only a few kilograms. Many nebulae are visible due to fluorescence caused by embedded hot stars, while others are so light-fused that they can only be detected by special filters and non-exposures. No, this isn't a Cecil reference. There are some non-exposures we'd rather not know about. While most nebulae natural colour is faint at best, they do have some colour due to the light emitted by the gases within them. Nebulae are often star-forming regions, such as pillars of creation, first seen in Eagle Nebula in the 20th century. In these regions, the concentrations of gas, dust and other materials are attracted to each other through the force of gravity and in turn attract other particles, eventually becoming dense enough to form stars and solar systems. If the gas and dust in these regions becomes dense enough, it starts to collapse under its own weight, increasing the density even further. In the resulting turbulence, knots of gas form, the gravity attracting even more gas so they grow even larger until they become dense enough to form a star. This process takes place over hundreds of millions of years. There are various formation mechanisms for the different types of nebulae. Some form from gas already present in the interstellar medium, while others are produced by stars. Examples of the formula are giant molecular clouds, which are the coldest, densest phase of interstellar gas accumulating from more diffuse gas. Examples of the latter are planetary nebulae, formed from material shaped by a star in the later stages of its stellar evolution. Other nebulae form as a result of supernova explosions. The materials thrown off by the supernova are then ionised by the energy and the compact supernova remnant that remains at the core. One of the best examples of this is the very well-known Crab Nebula recorded in AD 1054. The compact object in the centre of the Crab Nebula, for example, is a neutron star. You can visit a number of nebulae yourself to see with your own eyes the gas formations and spectacular views that nebulae can provide. Barnard's Loop is just beyond the Pleiades, and you can also visit the Eagle Nebula, Crab Nebula, Horse Head Nebula. Try and see it from the other side and see if it still looks like a horse head. And many others, like the Helix Nebula and, of course, the Great Orion Nebula. Let's see some of your nebulae photos, shall we? We'd love to see them. Indeed we would. Next week, we'll be talking about something we've mentioned briefly tonight. It promises to be an explosive episode. Until next week, I've been Serenity. And I've been Epic. Hey, he's still Norman Ski. Who knew the galaxy had so much in it? Well, obviously those two did. Now, we're getting ready to move into the green room, everybody. Um, those of you who are on TeamSpeak, if you haven't done it before, can you please do one thing? You go into TeamSpeak, you go Tools, Options, or Tools, Options, and then go for Playback and look for it there where it says Automatic Voice Volume Leveling. Turn that off and then click OK. Otherwise, it's very possible that some voices will sound much louder than others. And if we go quiet for a second, there will be all heck to pay. You won't want it. You won't like it. Believe me. So ready. as we get ready... Shall we, everybody who wants to move into the green room move in one of the other channels, get your butt in there, please. And when we're going to go into the green room, we're going to use our normal way of doing it, which is we'll take it in turns to ask you what's been happening for you in game. If nothing's been happening, 
uh, or you really um, are not keen to, to talk to us, that's fine. Just say, for the mug. And when you've finished with your regaling us with your tales of everything you've been doing, daring do in the game, say, for the mug, says, next person, please. And here we go. We're moving. Options or tools, options, and then go for playback. Hello. Foot mug. For the mug. And here we are. And we're with you. Oh, we're in, oh, the, we're silent in the silent green room. We should move everyone. Well, I heard someone we speak, so they must be. Yes. Oh, I'm just piping up and being irritating again, Somebody I guess. Aiden spoke then. Yeah, Aiden spoke, but we weren't listening. There's a surprise. <laughs> no, still what? Still not listening. No, 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 no. Oh, you mean I should take my fingers out my ears? Right, my ears? Hell. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. Okay, now, uh, we're going to give uh, Vantian a little bit of a rest at this point because he's a bit slow, and this week he's got an excuse for it because... Everything he says is about five seconds behind everybody else. And since this is not supposed to be a week's long show, we're going to, he's just going to sit there. And every so often he will come out with an, an entirely inappropriate thing to say because he will be, he'll be five seconds behind the rest of us. It's about two minutes ahead of where he normally is. Right. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go what down. What was that? Can't hear you. Time, talk to each other. We might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think we'll just. Um, and then what we're going to do is I'm going to start, uh, and if, let's do the order. Since I'm gambling at the moment, let's make it me, then Amelia, then Flossie, and then Deb Meat, and then we'll start again. Okay? Which means that Great. I get to talk to Aiden. How are you doing? What's been happening to you? Can How's you your hear game? me now, then? Yes, you're very quiet, but I can hear you. Try that. Is any better? Well, if you come into the same room as a microphone, that would probably be useful. Uh, new microphone. Never mind. Oh, we, can, uh, we can hear you. We're, it'll force us to concentrate. Yeah, that would make, that would make a change. Uh, nothing really, you know, down at the parents last week and managed not to get blown off the water uh, because of, well, storms. But, you know, same old, same old. Yeah. No, and you managed to get in the game at all? Not really. Um, just not been in the game really for the past couple of weeks for varying reasons no well never mind let's yes, hope we'll yeah. you'll be able to find some time and move move forward shortly well i managed to uh move you know move the mercy to lp53281 in case somebody needed a pad to land on for the election that isn't coming anytime soon always thinking of other people it's a trial yeah and you're guilty but, you know, one of the many things. <laughs> Smashing. Okay. You're done? Like All right, thank you. Now, I've, th thanks to my... Uh, thanks to... Uh, it's not me typing. Thanks to uh, my organisation, I've got Amelia talking to herself. So... Uh, <laughs> I'll skip down. I'll skip down to... Yeah. No way, I can't talk to... I can't talk to Norman because he's mics no. off. Urena, you're... No, Norman, do, hello, do, Norman. Do, do, Urena does not wish to, to 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 speak, so you can talk to Baz. Baz, hello, Baz. Hello, Amelia. You're all right. I wasn't sure whether I was in your room or not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where well, I am. You'll know if you're in Amelia's room. <laughs> I don't know where I am anymore. Who who are misses? Who are indeed? Who are who are? Who are as they say out my way? 
<laughs> How are you doing, Baz? Really good, Amelia, thank you. Um, this week, the banter bus has moved out to Salerno. Ooh. Um, and Maya and Marope, and we've just been hanging around there, blowing the bejesus out of Thargoids. Is there a lot of Thargoids down there at the moment? Loads! <laughs> loads! <laughs> Absolutely loads. Um, I'm not massively efficient at killing them at the moment. I kill them slowly, but um, Valaran has been going great guns at murdering loads and loads of them. Um, and I actually got ambushed last night. I flew into a Fret 4, which is usually four scouts. And um, uh -huh. every so often you get eight of them. And I came into a, one of them and it was an ambush. And uh, they were very aggressive little swine. So I managed to get myself as the last commander killed for a little while last night. Oh, my. Before, Tom before Thomason took my place. But, um, but it's all good. It's all going towards, I'm hoping to become triple elite by October. Oh, well, That's I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. Well, I'm hoping, Amelia. It's, uh, I, I'm just, the trouble is about... <laughs> ignore that, ignore that. Just keep going. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought I'd just entered into an horror film and that was some sort of, like, devil spirit <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, hold on, I must go out into the woods, just at the back. <laughs> so, um, so, um, quick question. Gonna... Go, go for it. Are the Thargoids still dropping the hearts, and can you still get, like, isn't there, like, a bobblehead you can get or something? Yes, there is. Um, I've got the decal, um, and I've got two Thargoid hearts on board the fleet carrier. Um, I don't carry them around with me because Thargoids tend to uh, get very upset if they see one of their own hearts on a passing ship. So, but, I um, mean, I, I, I've i never killed a Thargoid. I have I have a Type 9 and it's got all the weapons on it, apparently. It's not very engineered, but it, it's there. Um, but I've never actually taken it out of the dock. Um, so if I wanted to join you and your banter bus, can you tell us how I would go about doing that? Um, I'm not sure about the Type 9. I, I would make your way out to the special effects. So it's parked in Solano. So Sorry, I meant to say Type 10. <laughs> C-E-L-E-E-N-O. That's where we're, the special effect is docked at the moment. Um, I would actually go in something more nimble than a Type 9, personally. So I'm in a Crate Mark 2. Um, is a Type 10 more nimble? Not massively, if I'm honest. <laughs> what would you recommend as a ship? Uh, um, well, Valaran and I use their Crate Mark twos. Um something small, nippy. Um, DBX. So versatile. Yeah, DBX. Um, I don't Says Flossie, the combat expert. Really mm. a DBX? <laughs> giving yourself away again. Really, a DBX? Well, maybe not for Zargoids, actually. No. <laughs> it's, nippy, it's nippy enough, but... Um, I mean, I don't take the vet out here because there's there's a strong possibility you're going to have to rebuy at some point. Um, the scouts, I can do most of the scouts now without worrying about a rebuy. But uh, last night was a little bit of a different situation because they were there were there were eight of them, uh, which usually isn't a problem. But there were some aggressive little devils in there, um, and I just made a decision to run away too late. They shot me in the back as I left, and oh, I think God. spewed a load of corrosive stuff over. So, um. How often do you go hunting Thargoids? Is it just once a week? Uh, we've done it this week. I've been reluctant to leave Hill Pasai over the last, or, or for too long, over the last couple of weeks, just because of the elections going on there. Um, and we've had other stuff to do in Hill Pasai. And I'll probably only do tonight and then head back to Hill Pasai, because I noticed their influence had dropped there yesterday. 
by a couple of percent. And, uh, you know, we take our custodian very seriously and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sew up the march towards elite for the sake of the, sake of the system. Mm. But we'll be back here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and the other thing is, if, if you're hunting Paraguay, so, I mean, for me, I have to have a break from it. I mean, I, I can't really do any more than four nights in a row hunting for that Paraguay. <laughs> it just drives me potty. I've never done it before, so um, if I were to do it, I'd need someone to take me and show me the ropes. Well, you're welcome to join us out here any time, Amelia. Yeah, that sounds like a... There's, pl- oh. there's plenty of them to kill. That's the good thing. I mean, it's, uh, they just keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they want to die. <laughs> Van Dien says, uh, I bet you that's what you say to all the ladies. <laughs> Thank you, <yeah. laughs> Welcome to the Kinrain t- can rain out. <laughs> it's just turned into a carry-on film now, hasn't it? But um, no, so but, but you're welcome, welcome out here. Um, we can always use more hands in killing insects. Awesome. Uh, so that's what I've been doing this week, Amelia. Uh, in game, certainly. Anyway, it sounds like um, a busy week. And uh, I've had a few tech problems of my own tonight, so um, I was late getting onto the show, which was a bit of a nightmare. Oh no. But, um, but um, on the banter bus, we've been joined by a new commander from the United States. Um, so that, that's good, Commander Frosty Nuts. He's Frosty Nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's been on with us and uh, chatting away in, the, in TeamSpeak, which has uh, been really nice. He is from ooh, north of North America. So really, really nice chap. Nice. But other than that, it's the usual crowd, I mean, you know, Bar and Argon. Well, I mean, last time I joined the joined the banter bus when we went out looking for those um, um, data uh, um, guardian data doodads. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I believe I'm still out there. <laughs> I haven't come back oh. yet. I'm still looking for data, <laughs> and it drops everything apart from the omega data that I'm actually looking for. Oh, so I'm, I'm right. still out there. But that was so much fun. The that that um, that time we had out there with the stacking of the ships and everything it was crazy (laughs) the the racing and trying to trying to get the photo on the banter bus of me you know (laughs) (laughs) um, it was so much fun fun. and anyone listening i highly recommend joining baz they are such great great people the people on the banter bus they are so much fun it was an amazing night that that's very kind of you We, we we try and mix it up a bit Mainly we kill things, but we do try and mix it up. But, um, nice. No, so that's in-game and um, still working out the special effects out-game. Uh, I was on working late tonight. I, my, my day has been mixed. I was on a bingo game um, just after work um, that Jagex kindly threw, um, which was a Caribbean-themed bingo game, so I had to put an Hawaiian shirt on that I bought specially this week and a Panama hat. <laughs> 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 Just made me look. It's just so not me. So not me. Photos, um, photos. <laughs> but it was good for I think Nick Street is putting photos up all over the place. I mean, he took screenshots of me. But um, <laughs> and then chatting with some of their one special day partners in America up until sort of like at eight nine o'clock time, just because of the time difference. Uh, but all really really good stuff, useful stuff, and um, just lovely that I mean uh, a major mobile developer is quite happy to talk to us during their working day and help out as much as they as much That's as awesome. they do. Something's just told me to wake up. I don't understand what's going on. Oh. You okay? 
Oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, somebody poked me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's what happens when you're going in a media room. <laughs> right. I mean you're obviously just gonna call it into this now. <laughs> before before I develop a Kenneth Williams or um, Sid James type voice and I really am in a carry on film. <laughs> so would that be a for the mug? That is a for the mug, a hearty for the mug. A hearty for the mug. <laughs> it means it's me, and uh, I suppose as uh, nobody got to talk to you, I talked to Amelia. Hello, Flossie. Hello. How are you? No, well, you're, you're meant to be asking me. I'm that. asking you how you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um <clears throat> I, I, like I said, I, I haven't had much time in Elite Dangerous lately, and what time I have had, I've been spent looking for Omega Data, which I find the most elusive thing in the entire galaxy. Um, so um, I'm stuck out in the Sinuf area, um, sucking on my waist to paste sausages. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever looked for Omega Data, so I've not really, no, I don't know that one. <laughs> so how how was your um, Tuesday nights thing? Been Tuesdays going? Tuesdays is going well. Um, I think the guys are are um, still trying to find their feet, looking for what they want to do in the galaxy. Matter, 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 um, matter, which is matter, fine. Matter, they can matter, take as long matter, as they matter, like. Matter, <laughs> matter, matter. <laughs> but uh, I think they're going to try their hand at bounty hunting, which is always a, a noble profession. <laughs> mm, yes, very noble. <laughs> um, I've just I've just been watching Mandalorian, Mandalorian as well, so that's given me ideas. Um, so it should be fun. It should be fun. And of course, um, anyone who's interested can always check out my Facebook feed for the antics that they verbally vomit uh, each week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, it's not been really up to much i'm st we're still in lockdown here so we're trying to stay yes, home i'm uh, still enjoying reading your daily uh <laughs> <laughs> my daily <Diaries. laughs> i've got nothing else to do i think it's coming up to the half year mark now that i've, I've done a post every day for half a year and i've never done that i'm not a social media guru um i'm not very good at it um <laughs> so you can tell that i've been bored <laughs> yeah. Um I think I'm going to stop at about the half year mark. I'm going to give Aww. everyone a warning whether I'm whether I'm still quarantined keep or going, not. Keep going, keep <laughs> going. Hey, Joey, never miss them if you don't. <laughs> but the, the thing is you got to stop sometime. <laughs> <laughs> when the lockdown's over, if that when the happens. Lockdown's over. Well, yeah, when it happens, if it happens. If it oh. happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um other than that, it's it's been a um, pretty uneventful week. Um, I'm planning on getting back into ED, and, and I'm probably going to try and join Baz uh, and the Banter Bus guys um, yeah. for some Thargoid killing. I've never done that before. I'm not very good at it. Um, I'm not no, very good at killing to... anything, let alone Thargoids. But. Yeah. I went on a couple of Baz's things, but I am no intention of going on any Thargoid ones. <laughs> <laughs> you get that. Get past harmless flussy. <laughs> well, um, Poppy has. Well, I'm not. <laughs> it was only by accident. I'm, I'm like you in that department. I just not a fan of the combat. I'm, I'm much more of a my, I like oddly, mining. Oddly enough, it's not combat altogether. It's just combat in elite. 
<laughs> because I play, I play um, Aces High. That's all combat. Oh, and World of Warcraft. And World of Warcraft, yeah. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I've heard about you in World of Warcraft, harvesting noobs. <laughs> I don't do PvP in Warcraft either, so. <laughs> but yes, um, so yeah, um, I'll just say um, for the mug. And thank you for the mug. Is it me? Uh, yes. Yeah, to yourself so. again. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Norm, were you, were you coming alive for this bit or are you staying quiet? No, doesn't look like it. Yes, he is. There he is. <laughs> Norm, how are you, sir? I'm okay. How are you guys doing? Not bad. Should we be very British and talk about the weather? <laughs> I've seen the weather. <laughs> it's just it's very disappointing. <laughs> I, I heard it wasn't um, the best of your oh, No, it's just very, very wet and a lot of flooding all over the place. Um, but yeah, at least I'm inside. Unlike some people outside, so yeah. No, best place but, to be. No, it's... Yeah, exactly. Anyway. But other than that, for the mug. Nice and easy. Back to Harry. Back to me to talk to you. Oh, hello. Hello. Well, yes, I'm. Mm, I suppose my biggest news this week is out of the game. I've got suckered into doing the distance from Land's End to John O'Groats, but I have got a year to do it, so it's not too bad. We're, we're in suspense here. Suckered into what? Yes, running, running from. Well, not running the distance of Land's End to John O'Groats over the course of the next year uh, for, for a friend raising money for cancer because she has it. And, and anything particular? I mean, is it in one-metre sections you've got to do it in or, or it, 24 hours at a time? Or It's assorted. There's there's families involved and there's runners involved and there's cyclists involved. So it's it's your chosen way. So we've got uh, the families. Some families are pushing their little ones in buggies. Um, some people do running like me, so I'm running it. Other people are walking it. Um, it. It's one of those kind of just do the distance your own way. Um, there will be some details popping up now and then. I know it's not our usual charity, but I'll uh, share it anyway, because I know you're a generous bunch who like to help people out. Um, and I shall pass on the details as they become available. Because at the moment, it's just like, are you doing it? Uh, okay. We'll, be, we'll send you a T-shirt. Hmm. <laughs> yes, that, that's lovely. Hmm. Well, well done. I'm sure you'll be... Um Shoving sponsorship links under our noses. Yeah, it's occasionally. Like I say, it's not our usual charities, so they'll be a, a bit more subtle for this one, but they, oh, they will pop um, up. And why not? Yes. And in game, I'm heading towards a black hole. That's Lovely. Right, really. Yes. I'm out. Hmm. Every system I land in is unexplored, and it's great. And I'll probably get back and find someone's discovered them 30 seconds before me or something. But, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, for the mug. Okay, for the mug. So I'm talking to Flossie. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> nice to talk to you again. <laughs> so tell me what you've been up to this week. How many people have you killed? I haven't killed anybody. Not, not one? <laughs> well, no, not really. I've killed lots of monsters and things in Warcraft, but no people. <laughs> what, no, no ships? Blown up on the horizon, big explosion. Mm -hmm. I've not played any elite lately. Body parts splatter over the windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been most of the time in uh, World of Warcraft, or um, of course the other thing, uh, Animal Crossing. <laughs> ah, yes. 
the, the, the nefarious Animal Crossing that everyone goes on about that I've never actually seen. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I've got a, a five-star island now. So, so is, got, is that a lot? Oh, I just died. Yeah. It's the, it's the top level. I've got lilies ah. of the valley growing all over the place. Nice. Every, every week that you've got five stars, you get a lily of the valley up here. And what is that? Yeah, a flower. <laughs> Did you do any? Does it do anything special? Like, does it give you magic powers or? No, no, they're just there for sure. <laughs> he said, okay. "Look at me! I've got all these lilies of the valley because I've been five stars for all these weeks." <laughs> so, what happens when you get top level? I mean, what's the end game stuff? Well, there isn't really an end game. It's a bit like um, you know, relating that it's you make your own story, blaze your own trail, make your own island. Oh. Uh, but they do keep adding bits in, extra things. I think we might have farming coming or something like that soon. Oh. Cool. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I've been most of the time I've been in uh, World of Warcraft. Still trying to get my levels up before the new expansion coming in last quarter sometime. Are you not max level yet? I am on my main characters, but uh, I've got quite a few characters that are lower um, I'm just working on a druid at the moment that I've got up to 111, 112 something like that um, So is your main the cool Turan that we see the photo of when you're talking <laughs> <laughs> No, that's um, a very secondary one that I've only started recently she's only about like, I think she's just got level 40 last night <clears throat> So I'm guessing you're an alliance girl then. Uh, mostly alliance, but I do have a few hard as well. I like I like to play for both sides. <laughs> a <Double> agent. <laughs> it's uh, quite interesting. You know, um, actually playing the game from on and seeing it from the the other side. It's really. I'm a horny, it's like, I'm it's like a different so. game. Have you, tried, have you ever tried playing the Lions then? Yeah, actually, um, Sandrine and I met um, both as Alliance characters on Mortal Warcraft yeah, right. yeah. 15 years ago now. <laughs> um, yeah. But we switched to Horde because, um, you know, um, mm. cleaner streets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> smell nicer. Right. Have, you ever, have, you ever, have you ever had a, a waft from a Zandalari troll? It's, it's exhilarating. Mm, can't say I have actually. <laughs> no, I mean I I like the horde races. Um, I think the alliance side is too pretty for me. I'm not um I'm not a very. No, I like the um the prettiest ones for me. The uh, the elves. The oh, what do you call them? Night elves or the not the night elves. elves the other the other ones. The the new ones. The alliance void no, elves. Not the no, not the new ones. Um. Oh gosh, what do you call them? The ones from Silver Silver City, Silver Moon City. Blood elves. Oh, blood elves. Blood elves. That's it. <laughs> they're, so they're, many very, elves. they're very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, void elves are blood elves painted blue. Mm. <laughs> I haven't uh, qualified to get a void elf yet. I think it's the blood she likes. <laughs> There's, a yeah, there's a theme. There's a theme with Flossie. Actually, my my blood elf is called Bloodlust. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this coming from the harmless lady. 
Uh, I came up with that when I was playing with somebody else in, that I knew quite well, but disappeared long ago. So, um, mm. what have you been up to in real life? Have you been in up to real life? Fun? Not a lot, really. Uh, staying, staying in, staying home. I think I might have gone out shopping one day just for a little while. I can't go out for long, though, because I, I won't go... I won't go to outside. <laughs> so, I have to be home fairly soon, because I nearly always have to, to go. Mm. So, um, no, I've not really been doing much. Oh, I've had, been, I had a good tidy in the bedroom, trying to sort all our clothes out, chicken loads out. And, yeah. What? So, uh, well, how much how much time have you spent on Elite this week? Um, I think probably about half an hour. Really? Only half an hour? I logged in and, well, maybe a bit longer than that, because... Poppy and Holly were both on uh, Cloud Atlas. And in case he was going to whiz off again, I thought we'd better move them off on their ships and all the stuff in storage. <laughs> so I spent a little while moving things around. <laughs> and do you have your own fleet carrier yet? Oh, I've only just got over a billion. I've got... <laughs> I can't afford <laughs> one yet. I don't know if I'd want one, really. You come mining with me. I, we'll I, go I, mining together. Oh, yeah, I enjoy mining, must admit. Mm. <laughs> but, um, it was Zen mining I, I, and the art of rock murder. <laughs> I do enjoy being a hitchhiker on the fleet carriers. I've, I've yet to experience it, but I've heard I've heard some good stories. Oh, it's really good. I mean, just, uh, I mean, you don't really see much when the, when the carrier's going from one system to another, but... It's the, it's the sort of atmosphere of the noises and the movement and you just get that feeling of moving in space it's really good nice. uh, well anyway Any, anything else you'd like no, to share I think, that's, I think that's it for me so just for the mug for the mug Flossie thank you well, that means it's me again <laughs> speak to um, Harry Balzac how are you doing I'm doing fine thank you I don't think my uh, section here will take very long since I've, I, I just looked at, uh, on EDSM, looking at my profile, see when I've been in game. And I think I've had heart, apart from the beginning of April, the only time I've been in game is when I did day one of Baz's Bantabus. So I haven't been in game at all since the beginning of April. Uh, things oh, goodness me, that's worse than me. <laughs> Doesn't get time, but when we had the good weather before all the storms came in, I did sit outside with my laptop and I did uh, work my way through um, Day of the Tentacle, which I which I got following the uh, following the the. Um, I vaguely remember doing a bit of that. <laughs> no, I would, uh, it's, it, since there was that um, recommendation to get the humble bundle, um, money going towards special effect, so I thought, why not put money in? I get best of both worlds. So I've done that, oh, and that right. was quite a nice bit of um, nostalgia in there. But so uh, oh, let's move, I'll move things on again then. So I'm going to say for the mug. Thank you for the mug. I guess that means I'm speaking to Litho Breaker. Oh, you got the short straw, did you? Yeah, a long time no speak, mate. How's it going? Yeah, not so bad, thanks. You? Very good. What have yeah. you been up to, sir? Oh, in-game engineering. Or rather, hunting mats for engine. Ah, 
if I never see a high-grade signal source again, it'll be too soon. Hey, so do high-grades have doormats high, high or grades have, uh, Yeah, they have grade 5 mats. Oh, the fluffy ones. Yeah, the fluffy ones. But it depends on whether you're in a war system or an imperial system or a federal system or a, a system that hasn't got any flipping high-grade emissions in it. Or, yeah, so um, they take some hunting down, I'll tell you. But um, it's, um, it's getting there. It's getting there. Then I'll be able to do some engineering. And um, <laughs> thankfully, the others are a bit easier. Jameson's uh, crash site has loads and loads of data, Matt's at it. Uh, there's a, a planet about 1,500 light years from the bubble that's got loads and loads of biological that give you all of the high-grade materials. Amazing what you can learn when you need that many materials. Yes. Yeah. The information is there. Oh, yes. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's been most of my time in game for the last four weeks. And how about real life? Real life? Oh, real life's been great fun. Real life's been, I've been doing the Tech Monkey job to host six different presenters, giving a Zoom meeting conference call to a town hall meeting to two, three hundred staff. Yeah. So now I've got extra sympathy for Norman. <laughs> I bet you have. Yeah. Other than that, uh, real life, I discovered earlier this week that I'm going to a meeting next week in Hamburg. Oh, very nice. Unfortunately, there's no direct flights from Manchester to Hamburg. And the only places we can get layovers that aren't like 14 hours long, and I mean that quite literally, it was a 14-hour stopover one, would be going through France and places like that that uh, self-isolate when I get back. So I'm <coughs> driving from just outside Manchester down to London Heathrow on Bank Holiday Monday. Well, that will be nice. Yeah, lovely. Because no one, no one will be going that route. No, on a bank holiday. Nobody there. It's in the evening as well. So I'm driving down to there, stopping off at a hotel overnight. I've got a seven o'clock turn up at the airport on Monday morning, on Tuesday morning rather. And then there's three of us flying out to Hamburg for four days. Are there any beer festivals? Uh, I don't know, but we won't have time. But on the plus side, the guys from the Hamburg office have already got the bookings in the restaurants nearby for every evening that we're there. So that I can cope with. That's the important. So it should be, should, should be a decent trip. And you're avoiding France. And I'm avoiding France. So wins all Normally round. is a good thing, but at the moment it's a great thing. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that's been my life recently. Other than that, for the mug. For the mug. And I understand that Mr. Vantian is now back in temporal sync with the rest of us. Well, <clears throat> I have no idea. I mean, I'm literally, I've just been watching the streams and <laughs> pulling the bits of string tighter so that they're not sagging all over the place. <clears throat> and my internet tells me the lag is gone. Three, four. Just gone? Must have been still it bang. No, it must still be back then. Well, if I count to five, and can I get one, two, three, four, interrupt me? No, it's not. It's, Hello, it's not. how are you doing? Hello. Do you know what? It's, it's, it's better. It's not terrible. I have no idea is what that? the damn piece of string is up to this evening. Good. But um, anyway, I'm here, vaguely. You can talk to yourself. It doesn't matter that you're five seconds behind yourself. Well, no, because your responses are coming back much faster that. than they were before now. So um, I'm just checking. And... No, we're just talking faster. Are you sure? No. It's back to two and a half. Oh, no. Literally, it's back now. Oh, no, the two and a half thousand millisecond lag is back. Okay, <clears throat> ask your question, then I'm going to pause for five seconds, then I'll answer. Oh. No, proper well, broken. Who's meant to be talking to you? Nobody's pause talking to me. Oh, he pause 
Anyway, well, look, I, I'm, I'm just going to say... No, no. Talk, oh. talk to yourself. It's much easier. Go on. Oh, Go on I know, it. I know. It was it was working for a fraction of a second. It got better, then it got worse again. But um, so, so what have I been? What have I been doing? Um, I've I've been I've been programming. I've been relearning how to program, and it hurts my head. But actually, we, we've been we've been working really closely with um, with, with stage role and and all sorts to try and step into the role of acting things and stepping into plays using voice control and all sorts. So we, you know, you can pretend to be Hamlet or Watson or Sherlock Holmes or something, and it, it's been fascinating trying to relearn skills back from i don't know uh, 20 years ago when i used to develop software and in lockdown my entire industry has been shut and i've been sitting in the, the hutton pro- programming suite um, coding away for the first time in maybe 20 years and it's been an interesting change to the pace of life i'm used to going to hotels and events and meeting tens of thousands of people and i've been stuck at home for last six months whatever it is and i sort of rediscovered my love of programming from home um so i've been keeping myself busy with that other than that i've managed to lose cecil we stuck him on a fleet carrier to get back from colonia and then he arrived back from colonia in the bubble and he forgot to get off so we don't actually know where he's got to now we're gonna have to go find the fleet carrier he got on and work out where the blazes it is um other than that um, lots of screenshots watching the SVPFA uh, stream with Frontier and also looking at that um, that, that new release they've got the, the thing with the arms and the multiplayer where you control one arm each and was it struggling I think the game is for Nintendo Switch that they've they've announced today yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, I mean it looks like a, a, a and bit also of a, announced the Jurassic for the uh, for the Switch Jurassic World for the Jurassic World for the Switch, which is coming out in November. <gasps> for the Switch, yes, coming out in November. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that—they're terrible people. The they're wonderful, wonderful, terrible people. But other than that, um, I've not done. I mean, I, I had those few weeks, well, four, six weeks, whatever it was, when I was helping out in Colonia, and uh, since then, I've I've had my feet out with a glass of gin, and not doing enough. Mm, gin. Like that, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, other than that, I'm going to say um, for the mug, and I suppose I'll take us towards the end of the show. Uh, am I the last one? Is it my turn? Is it me? You are. Um, you are. There is yep. there is one more message, and um, I just got a message from Hober, Snoz, and Alvin. All hail Alvin! All hail Alvin! They say hello. Hello, Who's appeared there? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh God. Yes. Oh yes. On and on and on. I mean, what? lovely. That, yeah, no, we did. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, we, we said hi to them. them. Anyway, look, I'm going to take us towards the end of the show. So I need to find the magic buttons that, that used to do the end of the show, but don't anymore. And um, it remains for me to say thank you very much to our co-presenters. Thank you very much to Amelia and her digestion. Oh, my goodness. Never, ever, ever eat one of those ways to paste things in front of me ever again. <laughs> ever. <laughs> it's just horrible looking. Um <laughs> But I suppose we send you out so we don't have to do it. Uh, thank you very much to Commander Wotherspoon and the Galnet 
uh, well, the Galenet Digest, also known as the Encyclopedia Galactica for this week. Um, thank you very much to Snoz and Rampage for the Sky Tonight, and to the radio team who didn't have anything else to do but did meet GF and the Hot Pit team, to Harry Balzac, also known as Commander Palantir, and his co-writing, actually wrote all of it this week, it's his fault. Um, thanks to Flossie for giving us up to date with the sports. Um, thanks to Norman for uh, backing me up when I needed desperately backing up. To who have I forgotten? I've, I'm sure I've forgotten somebody. Probably. Anyway, um, well, thank you very much, to everybody. Thank you very much to everybody in the green room. And as usual, we will go back to the green room at the end of next month. So the last show at the end of the month is a green room one. If you want to join in, you go to teamspeakserverts.forthemug.com and then come and join us at the end of the show. Um, other than that, I've got buttons to push. Now, which buttons am I going to push this week? Uh, hang on a second. I'm switching to it. Now, um, I thought I'd have a small change this week and go out with a different version of the tune. Do we like the other version? You know, the eye has a beard one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every okay. version of, is a good version. Well, they're, they're all good. Uh, I'm just trying to find, there used to be some it's the end of the show kind of things about the show. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? And a hearty for the mug from all of us. <laughs> mug. For the mug. Mug. Anyway, um, well, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you very much to everybody in the green room. And as we go back to the green room at the end of next month, so the last show at the end of the month is the green room. Um, I moved us back to the the live room as well. We're getting the green room. Journey too long, cargo too small. Profit margins never really mattered at all. Gonna take the cargo that's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading all the teen out to the brim with the rest for the more. For the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing a trucker's song Flossie always seems to crash into the sun Skibble lights to pile it on the Xbox One Having out the free, you know it leads us well Truck across the galaxy now, everybody else. Yeah. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing the trucker's song. For the more, for the more, for the more. You know. Just where we come in from For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Everybody sing the Chokers song
that I can land on And I'll give you cargo and sing you my song No point twenty-two light years to go Cruising to work No No cargo too small The profit margins never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We're taking anything, any time, anywhere So shout it out loud like you don't even care For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from Singer and trucker song For the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the more, for the more, for the more Everybody singer and trucker